Hey everyone. Welcome to the Squad Pod. Here's your host, my dad, Troy Dog. All right, people, welcome to another episode of the Squad Pod, the most listened to podcast on the Verbmoto Podcast Network. I'm your host, Troy Dog, the CEO of Verbmoto.com. And with me, I have a co host, thankfully, because I'm tired of talking to myself and I do better with a co host. It's AEO Power Sports KTM's Derek Kelly. What's up, man? What's up? Thanks for having me on. I'm getting better with the intros, dude. Yeah, you killed it. Stomped it. Yeah, dude. It's episode 26, I think. Well, you better have to hang out by now. <laughs> I know, right? And we did like, I did like 20 of those by myself, so, you know what I mean? Jeez. Yeah, it's rough. Man, um, scrolling through Instagram the other night, I saw that you uh, had a little injury. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, how'd that happen, and how are you right now? Uh, you know, it was uh, it was an unfortunate thing, kind of kind of out of my control and out of anybody's control. So, I mean, I can't go too into detail about it, but long story short, I ended up with a broken arm. Yeah, and so on your post, you said like I don't, I'm probably be out for some Supercross. Um, do you have any update on on that? Yeah, so I got hurt beginning of November, like November eighth or something like that. And it's actually coming up on three weeks, right? Tomorrow will be three weeks. So, um, yeah, I mean, it It was pretty bad break. Obviously, you can tell from the x-ray. So they uh, plated it up, got two plates on there. And um, rough estimate was 12 weeks, fully fully back on the bike and ready to go. But obviously, that's uh, before any, any healing updates. And that's just kind of like a, a safe guess. So hopefully I'm I'm on the bike just before the start of the season and I can get back into training and and come in sharp. I'm not just gonna rush rush into the the first round and and throw myself out there without being 100 percent prepared. So uh, I'm gonna take some time and and if it if I miss a couple rounds then so be it. But I'm gonna come back 100. percent Yeah, when I when I saw that, all I could think about was like, man, you know, after you know outdoors. Um, that was that was rough too. Um, you didn't really tell anybody how that went, but you know you were in the hospital before outdoors started, and just kind of didn't really let people in on what you were going through. But man, if if I were you last summer, I would have called it quits like early on. But you you soldiered through it. <laughs> yeah, no, I got I got hurt um, at at Salt Lake, so I got landed on in the first first section of the main event of the shootout and uh, finished the moto. Ended up like dead last because it. And then I crashed my whatever, no excuses, sucks. But um, uh, I ended up going to the bathroom at like 11 o'clock midnight after the race, and it was just straight blood. So I ended up headed to the ER and uh, spent like three three nights in the hospital there. And, and they did a cystoscopy and did a whole anesthesia and all that stuff, which isn't easy to come back from. Missed my test day for, for outdoor suspension. And then uh, only got two days on the bike before Paula I mean, obviously, like like I said, I should have should have probably sat out the first few rounds and got a hundred percent, got the bike set up and whatnot. But the way I am, if I'm if I'm not broken and, and I'm able to ride a bike, I don't like sitting out. So it's just tough for me to to swallow my pride, you know. Yeah, exactly. And and uh, yeah, so you you fought through all of that, all the all summer, and then 
you put in your best moto finish at Ironman the last moto of the year. So that was probably some redemption. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was nice to nice to end in the outdoor season. No matter how rough it was, nice to end it on a good note. I mean, dealing with sickness and, and injuries throughout the whole outdoor season and, and struggling with setup. So it's nice to cap that off, but then uh, right back to the grind for SMX. And similar story, I mean, it, it was tough with the, those LCQs, man. Only four laps and on super easy tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Did, what did you think about the, uh, the old SMX playoff setup? I think it has potential. I think that, uh, I, I, I've, uh, been on a couple podcasts or, or a few people have asked me questions about it so far. And I think the general consensus is they got to make the tracks harder. Mm. They can't have world-class racers going out there and racing on beginner tracks. There's that's not enough, not enough separation. So I think they need to beef up the beef up the tracks and change the way the LCQs work. I think um, doesn't make much sense, but obviously it's it's their first go around. So there's a lot of ways, a lot of things they can polish up. That's a good way to put it. I thought the uh, the Coliseum round looked a little a little harder, I guess, because this you know yeah, so that, I, it was my favorite round out of all of them. It was more super grassy, but still at the end of the day, you only had half of one real rhythm section and. There was only one option through it, so it's like, I mean, you just berms and corners and supergrass dribbles, so it was just wide open on that aspect, and then the lighting was tough, and you can go on and on complaining, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's it's a work in progress. Right, right on. And, and ever since I met you, I, don't, I haven't known you very long, but ever since I met you, the thing that stood out about me, to me, was the fact that you're just so, like, you have such high expectations for yourself and like, um, Supercross went really well. You continue to progress. You had your career best finish, um, at the triple crown sixth. Mm-hmm. but, um, you know, going into outdoors and going through all that, like, how is your mindset? Well, I guess, you know, you're hurt now, but how was your mindset heading into Supercross again? Were you kind of like, okay, well, I'm just going to pick back up where I, where I left off or, um, just are your expectations still as high? Yeah, hundred percent. Like mm-hmm. like you said, uh, out Supergrass went good, and then going in outdoors, kind of getting my balls kicked in for for eleven rounds didn't didn't feel good. So mm-hmm. this off season, I was super excited to get back to training. Like I had a whole game plan on what I was going to change, and realistically, coming into twenty four, I was going to be a completely different rider and have a completely different mindset. And it kind of kind of got derailed, but at the end of the day, I, you get the cards that you're dealt, and you gotta you gotta play the hand. Yeah, that's a good point. And yeah, I mean, outdoors, you were always saying like, I, I need to get that top 10 overall finish in, in um, 250 class. But, you know, now it looks like you're not going to get it because you're going to move up to 450 class next summer. So that's rough. Yeah, at least at least for this year, we're not going to get two, top 10 in the 250 class, but hopefully we can get a few top 10s, top fives in the 450 class and show show those big boys what we can do. Dude, I wrote that. I, I don't know if you read their team preview, uh, but... I put you're going to be the surprise of the summer in the 450 class because yeah, no, I, I'm excited for the 450 class. I'm actually now that I'm hurt, um, it's it's hard to tell what I'm going to be doing as far as 250 supercross and whatnot. But I'm I'm planning on doing some 450 supercrosses, so nice. it'll be fun to get a little preview of that. And, and I mean, realistically, I'm a big guy, and and these outdoor tracks for for a big dude on a 250F, it's it's tough to hang with these these kids on factory bikes, so. It's going to be super awesome to, to get on a 450 and, and be able to 
He'll let it sink. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like you're you're tall. Like we we kind of met in person in Iron Man. You're tall. I mean, you're you're ripped. Like if there's somebody on the squad I don't want to arm wrestle, it's you. I'm not gonna arm wrestle <laughs> you. I'm not gonna ask you to. That's funny. All right, we can arm wrestle anytime you want. I mean, especially right now, you might be able to get me with my right arm. So <laughs> the one the time right now. Yeah, the one arm because you're you're injured. But like it, when you're full, like when you're full healthy, like I'm. I don't want any part of that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a bigger dude, and, like, I take my fitness really serious, and, no, I mean, if we're, we're having a wrestling match on the track, I'd probably be on a, on the podium for sure, but we're not wrestling, we're racing dirt bikes. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. I'd probably, I don't know, man, if, I'd probably wrestle Harlan, arm wrestling, I think I could take him. <laughs> the ginger ninja. <laughs> yeah, exactly, I haven't heard that one yet, I like that. Are we allowed to say that, though? Uh, I, I think so. It's close, but I mean, not my, quite close enough. I'm married to a ginger, so I think I am. Yeah, you're, you're in there. You, you can. Uh, you got the ginger card. Okay, cool. Good. Good deal. All right. So, yeah. What? So, since you got hurt, what have you been doing? Just trying to heal up. You yeah. Know? I mean, I've been going to to my rehab places. We got these uh, special machines that that shock my arm to try to stimulate growth, and you know, I'm just doing every, everything I can. Yeah, it's Staying busy. Yeah, I mean, just kind of chilling out. Like, you know, motocross yeah. is everyone's life, and when you're in the sport, it's just like twenty four seven. You can't get away from it. So it's like, you know, like when it stops and you, you can't do anything, what do you do with your life? Yeah, it's tough. Like you, you kind of feel like a lazy, lazy piece when you're when you're <laughs> just hanging out on the couch. But but when you only got one arm and you can't really work out, so it's it's tough. It's uh. It's a strain on the mental mental game when you can't do anything and you have to be a couch potato, basically. But like I said, I'm doing everything I can. I'm I'm getting out of the house every day and, and I'm doing doing all the work that that I'm capable of doing to try to get back on the bike faster. You've been working on your your. Uh, can we talk about the NXT hydration yet? Can we talk about that yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. NXT hydration is pronounced next, so we're oh, working okay. on that business business on the side. So. I got samples made up, and um, it's kind of low-key. I, I, this is officially the first time I've said anything about it, so I'm really excited. Like like I said, I'm, I'm not going to start promoting it too much until I, I have the product on order, but we have samples, and, and we're about ready to go to manufacturing, so should have product in 10 to 12 weeks, and I'm really excited about this. Yeah, me too. I didn't even like prep you on that. I just kind of dove into it because I saw the account. Yeah, just blindsided me about it but no i'm i'm super stoked it's it's low-key right now but me and my uh business partner have a nice room with outlier outlier athlete um he's really good with supplements and and knowing what the body needs and and uh i test the product and and i like doing the back back end of the business stuff so it's it's kind of awesome to to learn about that and expand my knowledge and other other things besides riding a dirt bike yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, Evan is uh, super smart. He writes columns on Verb as well. He's kind of like a, like he's in the squad. Like he's not a rider, but like he's in the squad. So um, he's, a, he's a squad trainer. He's a squad trainer. Yeah, exactly. Perfectly Training said. Stage. I go to him. Last summer, I was like, dude, I'm feeling flat. I need something. And he was like, dude, I got you. And he like sent me a link. And I'm like, oh, okay. So yeah, no, he's he's awesome and he's super super passionate about stuff like that. So he's awesome to have. Have helping me with that, not alone, let alone helping me with with that, but uh, my fitness on on the side as as well. 
Yeah, exactly. That's kind of when you start working with Evan, you kind of had that that breakout year. And um, yeah, no, he he really not only does he tell you what to do, and and he has a really good program, but he also helps you learn. So so you're not only doing the right things, but not you're not blindly doing it. You're learning about it, and you become a better better athlete as you're working with him. Yeah, he's insanely smart when it comes to his craft. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So that's cool. I, I just want to touch on that and we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. We'll keep uh, updating the folks on that and when they can get it. But, um, the ATO, AO power sports, KTM, your team is, uh, seem to take another step in, and, uh, get, getting bigger. So what, what's new for 2024? A lot of stuff's new. Um, Jeremy, our, our team owner, he owns AO power sports and the team. He, uh, he stepped up, bought a full semi this year. So we're going to be full big rig and, uh, He's just taking steps forward to become more a better team every year, more legit program, and and he's super excited and serious about growing the team. Yeah, you got. Uh, I, as far as when we talked about him, you're like, man, he'll do literally anything that we ask, like, or he'll at least try to, yeah. to do anything that we need as a team, and like, I think that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, he's he's new. He's never ran a team before, and I mean, obviously, he raced dirt bikes growing up. But it's a learning process for for not only me as a racer, but for him as a team owner and, and a team manager, and not only managing the team, but he has three shops and other businesses on the side. So oh, wow. he's really he's he's running himself wide open the whole time and and doing the best that he can. Yeah, and and also your your entire team. Um... Yeah, I stopped by at Iron Man. Just everyone was super welcoming, super nice, and just like, come on no, in. It's big, like, it's a big family for sure. Yeah, it's it's definitely not a, a corporate environment by any means, and and you feel really really warm and welcome there. Yeah, this is year number three for you. Yeah, for me. Yeah, he he did a little bit of something in twenty twenty one, but this is year three of uh, having a full team. He found a found a good home here. I mean, it's a. Uh, I wish you guys, I mean, I, I know the logistics of it, but I don't get to see you as much. And I got to meet you at Ironman and see the whole operation. But, man, you know, I can see it expanding into 250 East and West and coming for sure, up. For sure, yeah. I mean, obviously, Jeremy's goal is to, to become one of those top-tier teams. And and when, with that comes 450 team, comes 250 East, 250 West. So um, it'll be a big thing. Like, I'll be their flagship 450 guy this year, so. Hopefully that helps helps the team grow and coming in at twenty five maybe we'll have an even bigger team. Man, that's cool. Yeah, I love that you get the chance on the four fifty. It's just it's gonna go so well. Like I can't like I'm just sitting here like man, I'm like rubbing my hands together like Birdman. I'm like this is gonna happen. <laughs> no, me too. I think everybody that's that's around me and that has seen my program and and helps me is super excited to see what I can do on a four fifty. It's gonna be it's gonna be good. I mean, obviously like I'm kind of nervous. I'm the 250, the 250 class is hard, but then that 450 class, it's it's a whole, it's a whole different game. So I mean, moving up to that 450 class, it's uh, you're not playing with kids anymore. You're racing the big dogs, so it'll be fun. Yeah, you got it in you for sure. I, I'm looking forward to it. So, man, I did I cover everything? Is there anything else I missed? Like what you've been doing? I know you can't golf. You like to golf, but no, dude, my whole it it ruined, it ruined my everything. entire off season yeah. for one. It it totally threw a wrench in all my fun things i was my handicap was dropping i was starting to shoot good golf again oh great because like i broke my hand 
I, I didn't tell anybody this, but I broke my thumb in just before the uh, first shootout. So I couldn't golf for like six months. I, I just started golfing again. And then I've been playing pickleball, but now I broke my right arm, so I can't play pickleball anymore. And it's just ruined everything. Yeah, it's just a mess right now. Yeah. But we're going to we're gonna build that back up because, like I said, you just – and we're going to blow it more up this week. We're working on some graphics and stuff, but – you're you're back on the squad for next year, so we're gonna yeah. hear a lot from you. More. Yeah, like full on in. Um, big things. We have a team manager now. No one really knows what the what that even is about, and I don't really either. But we're gonna make it happen. Yeah, we're just we're just doing it. Like, I hope. Do you even know who Denny Stevenson was as a racer? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm not the biggest guru as far as motocross history, but he. He, uh, was he got a 250 East title or a 125 SX East title? Yeah, 90, bro. 1990. Wow. I wasn't even in my dad's ball sack right now. <laughs> the, the year I was born. Wow. You're old. I am old. Thank you. I know. <laughs> I know, man. It's crazy. Crazy. You know who else is? Oh, that's exciting. Do you know who else is, uh, celebrating its 33rd, well, 33 years in, uh, the business? Who's that? Guts Racing. Guts. Yeah, Guts. Yeah, I, I run Guts Seats, so. I know you do. Yeah. And they sponsor our power rankings every week. Did you know that? I did. I did know that. Yeah. Shout out. Shout out to Guts Racing, Andy Gregg, everybody. We love Guts. Um, What seat do you like to run? Like, what kind of foam? Uh, I like the standard I like the standard foam, but uh, I just, you know, the regular rib seat. I'm, I'm pretty vanilla. So, I like the the regular rib seat, and and, and uh, that's that's pretty much it. Nothing too fancy. Yeah, just everything they run is good, and they, dude. I got to do the read here. It's it's really good. It's uh, I wrote it too. By the way, shout out to me. But uh, okay, for thirty three years, Guts Racing has prided themselves on being the innovators in seat technology. If you're looking for a comfortable and stylish place to park your end on your dirt bike, then look no further. Guts carries an extensive product line of seat covers and foam, no matter what you ride. And if you use the code FERB20 at checkout, you can save on your order. So you should probably use the code for your orders. And, and yeah, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll log in and order a seat. <laughs> exactly. They have 17 colors to choose from, like any ribs, anything. Like it's just all there. You can go wild. You can go wild. So I know you're a big fan of the power rankings, as are most people. I can't go to a race without people being like, hey, who's on power rankings this week? So um, off-season stuff, we've been doing some weird things. Like last week, of course, we did Thanksgiving sides. Um, It's very important. But this week, we're doing the most naturally gifted riders of all time. Wow. Yeah. Well, I, I knew that. Because you told me, so I got my list. But uh, yeah. it's exciting to see see what you got, what you got, and what I got, and we can compare. Yes, yes. Uh, well, I'm gonna let you go first since you're the guest. So, you want you pick? Can we go one for one, or do I got to do all three of mine? No, just do 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 number one. Just do number number one, and then I'll can do I go, mine. Can I go three three one? Three. Just go three. Like third first. Yeah, third third to first. Okay. Yeah, that works. All right. So in number three, I got a uh, good old J- Jeremy McGrath. I think he he really changed the game as far as Supergrass goes. Yeah, I didn't even put the king in my rankings here. How? Um, 
you is that it? Is all you're going to say is he changed the? You know, I just no. I mean, I I, I think <laughs> the way I read it, you said most naturally talented writer. So yeah, obviously back in the nineties, the training wasn't what it is today. So like it was. It was tough. You couldn't just power, like, you couldn't just work harder than everybody else, or people just didn't work harder than everybody else. I think that he was just so naturally talented that he kind of just, that's why he was the best. And this is why everyone yells at me every week, because my, my rankings are, are kind of off, I guess. <laughs> I'm just trying, I'm just starting to realize this. Yeah, I didn't put, put a MC in there. I put, a, my number three was Kevin Windham. Okay. No, I, I thought about putting K Dub in there, but. It's tough. Like his his style was naturally smooth, mm-hmm. but I don't know that he really was like game changing. You know, like I, I was just thinking, like naturally just oozing with talent. K Dub's oozing with talent. Come on, bro. He is. He is. But more than McGrath. No, I honestly, and and this is good for me because I have to pick five in my. And we're okay. just doing three. So you know, I I had MC here. He's just number four. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, no for sure i think mcgrath i mean and obviously the 90s were, were a different time so i mean to be able to go and, and party and live it up like you did in the 90s and then still kick everybody's ass i think that that just goes to show how naturally talented he was dude he really was like he would just go in the bmx stuff that he did growing up he just charged for like what 10 laps and then just coast no, one thing I heard, so my mechanic, he's 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 from the 90s era. So uh, Scott Youngstrand, so he was from the 90s era, and, and, and he likes to tell me stories and give me a little information about what it was like back then and, and the grass and all that. And uh, I heard that, like, he, he was super successful before he started, like, really putting in the work off the bike and, like, training and doing muscle stuff. And, and before he did all that, one year – I think it was when Ricky came in or, or MX started doing really good. He, uh, he started, he put in a bunch of work in the off season and then he ended up getting an arm pump. Really? So then, yeah. So he, he did a bunch of work in the off season and then, <laughs> and then when he came back at, at the first few rounds, he started getting an arm pump really bad because he started training too hard. And then, and then he just realized, Hey, like I can't train like this. I'm going to arm pump. So he stopped. Well, I don't know what the whole, what the whole story is, but I just, I just thought that was interesting. Could you imagine, like, yourself yeah. saying that? Like, ah, oh, I trained too hard, so I'm getting arm pump. <laughs> well, dude, I, I feel like I kind of experienced that a little bit this year. Like, I, 2020, 21, 22, I didn't really have an arm pump problem, but I really grinded this year, and I put on a little bit of muscle. And and with the physiologic, I'm, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not even going to try to say it, but the way <laughs> muscles work and arm pump causes problem, the more muscle you have in your forearms, the more likely you are to get arm pump so it makes sense man no wonder i pumped up all those years i was just doing pumping too much just iron jacked. just ripped forearms are huge bro oh man that's actually pretty cool the like your mechanic your mechanic sounds like uh he's seen a lot no he's he's awesome i love talking to him and, and it's awesome to have him as my mechanic it's for sure how long you been working with him uh, outdoors last year is the, the first time or the first time he wrenched on my bike. So he actually, he's kind of a, a squad mechanic. If you, if you say that, you ask Hunter Yoder, he was Hunter Yoder's mechanic before he was my, my mechanic. Oh, wow. So yeah, he's, he's very familiar with the, the squad for sure. Yeah. So he's, he's squad mechanic. That's pretty cool. 
And I got to yeah. tell you, man, like wherever I go now, they're like, there's a lot of people in, in teams and stuff. They're like, Hey, can we be involved somehow? And it's like, dude, I have six riders right now and, and a team manager. Like I, I'm, I can't do all this. Like I would love to help everybody, but man, you got to be an elite, elite person. Yeah. You got to be top, top of the line. And it's like, I'm getting kind of overwhelmed, but like, man, six riders is a lot for me. It is. It is. No, it's, you're, you're moving up in the world. I guess. I mean, this is what, year three or four or something of it? And started with one guy, now we got six, so. Man. Man. Just, we're, we're going to, we got some cool plans. We're not, we're not letting people in on it, but we're going to be doing some cool stuff this year. Grinding in silence. Grinding in silence and just, yeah, just, just wait, people. It's just, the, the pod trust is actually, yeah, trust the process. The pod is actually a huge thing for us now because, um, like your business, this has been like a soft launch and it's mm-hmm. been really well. Like there's a lot of listeners. It's gone really well. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So people are kind of liking it, I guess. We're doing something right. That's great. Yeah, it's great. Stoked <laughs> hey, to be a part of it. Thank you for having me. Dude, yeah, this is great. You're a great co-host. Awesome, man. I, I, I love to hear that. Exactly. Um. What were we doing? Power rankings? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're, that was number three. I got, yeah. I got JM in there. Two. Who's your second? I got, I got the stew. Yeah. Me too. And number two. Yeah. Number two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, what more do we got to say? No, it's stew. Perfect. Just, stew. I don't even think he meant to scrub. He just, that's what his natural gift gave to the world. No, I mean, and talk about a sender. I mean, that guy, I don't even know. If I could have a quarter of his sending ability, just holding it wide open, I, I'd probably be miles above where I am now. Maybe. I feel like you do send it pretty hard sometimes. I, I, I think they, so. Nothing like the stew, though. Yeah. His abilities. I mean, you go back and you watch, watch any of those old helmet, those old GoPro videos from, like, look up. I can't remember what year it was, but. The 2014 or something Tor- Seattle Supercross GoPro from Stu. Was it Toronto you're thinking of, or he came from the back? No, no, oh. that that's way too main mainstream. Everybody's seen that one, <laughs> okay. but the, it's Seattle. Okay, Seattle. And he was absolutely just sending it for 20 laps straight. Like, check that there's out. this quad that he just he framed it like three times, but just kept going for it. It was awesome. It was mind-blowing. I don't even know. I think he was in, like, third. And it was on the last lap, and he was just going for it. That's amazing. I Yeah, that's not even yeah. on my top stew moments, so I'll have to go back and look at it, because I don't even remember that. That's that's cool. No, you got you to gotta look it up. I had Dino on the pod a couple of weeks ago, and he was like, we were talking about Daytona when he jumped the huge wall behind him. And Dino's mm-hmm. like, I heard the crowd, but, like, I don't know what he was thinking. And, and um uh, just he didn't really have many memories from it, but I'm like, dude, that's like the most like one of the most iconic Stu photos ever. Yeah, I mean, he was a part of it, but I mean, he obviously didn't witness it firsthand. I mean, that that was a crazy Stu moment. There's, you can go and you can you can sit here all day. You can do an entire podcast on Stu moments. Yeah, that's true. Me and Chiz are supposed to. He has a ton of good stories, so maybe we'll just bring you in on it too, since you're such a Stu fan. I'm a huge Stu fan. Dude, who is it? How can you not be? Anybody, that, anybody that's not a Stu fan isn't a dirt bike fan. Well said. Who's number one? Who you got number one? I'm excited. I got I got J-Law. What? Yeah. Kind of out of left field. Yeah, you lost me there a little bit. I don't, 
Jay yeah, So I got reasoning for this. Okay. So everybody's heard Jay Law stories, right? Of course. And how can somebody be? He had relatively good a, a good amount of success. Obviously, in his prime. I'm not talking now or whatever, but like he had a, a a relatively great amount of success for how little work that he put in. Very true. But ahead of MC, I feel better about my ranks right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe I'm off the ball, but but if we're talking natural talent, not yeah. saying like. Because you can work your ass off and you can grind. Like, you can be like Ricky Carmichael and you can grind. You can be like Eli Tomac and you can grind. But I wouldn't say that those guys are the prettiest on a dirt bike or, like, I feel like their success is because they were so dedicated. And when you talk about dedicated and most dedicated riders, J-Law doesn't even pop up on that list. No, no, he doesn't at all. No, not even a little bit. He was, uh, he had other intentions and and you know you hear the rental car stories and the all the other stuff but yeah like he yeah, yeah he there's, got, there's a ton of stories about j-law and got, maybe i i went a little too far putting him at one true but he definitely deserves to be in the top three he was definitely talented for sure and one of the most interesting racers the sport has ever seen that's for sure yeah i mean he's an enigma i mean look at it he surfaced again and came back and did this whole Phoenix thing. And that, of course, went off the, the rails. But everyone still cares. No, and it's it's just so interesting. Like, it would be interesting to be able to get a little insight into what goes through his head. Yeah, he should probably write a book. I, w- I would think there's some stories there. If he could sit down and focus, <laughs> I think people would read it. I would read it for sure. That's just interesting. Like, why why does he have such a a need for self destruction? I don't know. I, and I I was a huge J Law fan. I mean, I I would love to see him race now. I don't. No, I mean, and you got like the the when he threw his or RV was it RV that ghost rode his bike into his face? Oh yeah. Or did he ghost rode? Yeah. Well, and yeah, like, RV did it into J Law, but they were messing with each other at Hangtown '07. Yeah, or no? They're playing games, and then how much he got into RD's head. Yeah, Man, that's just classic. I know. I wish we could get to the bottom of that too. Like, how much did he actually affect your your brain and your mind during that championship run? In a way, he he obviously he obviously got into his head. Yeah, no, he did. I just there's stories. I can't confirm this, but there's someone said that he was banging down there on the doghouse and and Dungey's on the other side of it. <laughs> one of those I don't know it's just you don't see that stuff it's these so days oh, you see a little bit with with all Coop oh is he doing that stuff he, he likes his mind games yeah that's true I want him to bang on the, the dog house and just yell at everybody that'd be cool <laughs> oh that's funny there's a few riders that like will scream before the gate drops and it's kind of distracting so if you line up next to him you're like oh god here we go name drop who I'm not gonna name drop. Oh come on! Like no. My one... teammate. I'll, I'll get. I'll get you name drop. My teammate likes to scream on the line, and he distracted me a couple times this year. Your current teammate or or last year? Current teammate. Yeah. Current teammate. New teammate. You need to get him. Oh, okay. He's he okay. He's you need to talk to him because we have been trying to line this up for uh, like an interview for weeks, and he's he's hit or miss. So we need to figure out how to get a hold of him. 
I love talent, but man, he is he's in his own little world. Okay. That's I'm trying. I'm really trying cuz I want to get to know him. Just see like what he's about. Yeah, he's he's awesome. I'll, I'll you know, he, he's a cool cat, but but he's a little bit uh I don't know if you call it scatterbrained or what, but yeah. he's hard to pin down. Yeah, I guess you, you kind of have to be in this sport. You guys are just sending it every weekend. So you can't keep can't keep you guys uh I don't know. There, you, something's off in all of y'all's heads to race dirt bikes like this every weekend. Yeah, I mean, especially when stuff like, well, like I said, I can't explain, but I mean, when, when stuff like happens to me and, and you deal with injuries and, and stuff, so it's it's tough. It is. For sure. My number one is Stefan Everts. Okay. Now, that's the thing. So, you were born in 1990. Yeah. I'm in 98. You got like eight years extra, so you can go back. You have a little more experience in watching older races and stuff like that. Obviously, like you hear about Everts, and and obviously he was a game changer back in his day. So I I just can't. I haven't done enough research. You know. You're 98. Yeah. Wow. I am old. <laughs> Dude, I'm way old. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought you were like 96 or something. Why am I thinking that? I think oh. You're not that old. Okay. No, nope, just turned 25. Oh, yeah. What am I thinking? I'm, I'm getting up there, though. I'm up there for the 250 class. Yeah? You got to grow a beard now. Not... Oh, dude, I, I let one grow out when I, I... I was in the hospital for one night. I spent the night, and I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to shave because I can't shave with my, my left hand very good. I let it grow out for, for a couple weeks. Okay. Well, you got to keep that full time now if you're going to do 250 class. And then, and then I'll let you borrow one of my kids if you want to take them on the podium with you. Um, when you, when you <laughs> make the podium, you just just hold them while you're up there. You say, "Hey, it's not mine. It's this Troy Dog's kid." But uh, I just want to fit in. Okay. So that <laughs> that's part of the squad maybe, deal. Maybe you start a little business called Rent a Kid. I should. Yeah, that's a great have, idea. Have a few more kids so you can. You can up your uh, ROI and, you know, just rent out babies. I'll ask Ginger Dog if she's in, and then we'll we'll figure this out. Hey, you got to you gotta run the numbers to see if it makes sense financially, but I'm sure you, if, if you really grind at it, you can make it work. Yeah. In this economy, you got to really crunch the numbers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll let you know how that goes. Um, I kept you longer than I thought. We're already pretty deep into this thing, but um, I didn't mention the World Mini. And uh, the, okay. Ver- the Vermetto World Mini Grand Prix, April 4th through 7th. Do you have any memories from racing uh, the World Mini back in the day? I do. I do. It was the second ever Amateur National I did. Did you win? No. <laughs> Dude, I was, I, I wouldn't say I was the worst as an amateur, but I definitely won my first few years of racing amateurs on 65s and such. I was not the greatest. Well, you are now, and that's all that matters. Oh. You, you started okay. at the beginning, and now Vermont. No, I remember my one of my first memories from World Mini was uh, I was going out there for practice, and Blake Green, you remember, you remember Blake Green? Yeah, he was like Team Green? He was Team Green, Yeah, he blew my doors off uh, on the Las Vegas Strip, they used to call it, at the original. <laughs> I raced, My first time racing World Mini was at the original World Mini location. Oh, see, like, yeah, you're old. Years. You're old then. <laughs> I think it was the last year that they had it. I think it was 06 or 07. 
Okay. Yeah. But he blew my doors off. Yeah, number 48 on the, on the Cowie. Blake Green. Yep. Yep. He was a ripper. He was. What were you? he was top heavy and kept hitting his head. <laughs> what were you riding then? I, I was a KTM kid for okay. my, my amateurs until I got on uh, 85s, and then I was a Suzuki kid for, for a while, and then obviously I changed up bikes a lot, but... Man, you yeah, were one of those guys that rode the, the Suzuki uh, 85. So that's a, yeah, good old RMs. Yeah, that's that's birthed a lot of champions, that bike. I didn't get any championships, but I yet. broke a lot of them in half. Yeah, yet. You're, dude, well, we got big, big plans this year. Huge plans. I have big plans this year for for you. So, Well, thank you. Absolutely, dude. Thanks for doing this. Uh, yeah, you're going to be – I'm going to have to call you up since – you're just gonna be chilling, doing your thing. You're gonna be coast again. All right, I'm, I'm stoked. Hopefully, uh, I have some good reviews and, and the the fans dig it, and, and I can come back on. Oh, they will. Don't worry. They have no choice. It's happening. It's already happening. Hopefully, I don't get. Uh, hopefully, I don't get too ate up about the putting J Law at number one. But hopefully, some people can see my reasoning. I'm hoping that J Law doesn't hear that and then immediately think that I'm hating on him and then take it to social media and then have his entire fan base just crap on me and my pod. That's what I'm hoping doesn't happen. No, I don't I don't know that he has that much pull to like completely derail the squad pod. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, I'm, I'm not hating on it. He definitely was talented and that was a good pull by you. Actually. No, it, it's just interesting. I, I just wanted that wow, that, that shock factor for number one. I, I think that he was, shocked he was good, and, and he definitely should have should have won way more than he did. Yeah, he got second to 450 main event at Daytona. Yeah, just going out there. Off of talent. Like, it's, it's yeah. incredible. And, and he definitely, by any means, wasn't the most technically sound rider either. No, no, he had his own style, that's for sure. It was, it worked. Yeah. I liked watching him. It's fun. I, I I can't wait to see him race this year in Arena Cross if he shows up. Yeah. So no, it's it's interesting. It Bench is racing. Yeah, good good call. But yeah, man. Uh, thanks for coming on. We'll we'll talk soon. Hi, brother. All right. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. I didn't mention the next guest uh, at the top of the show because it was kind of a late addition, but I have Max Schwartz, the owner of Dirt Bike Depot, joining me. And uh, he's got a four-rider team for next Supercross season. And if you're at a race, you need to come check it out because he's got some cool stuff going on. So I wanted to get his story and a little bit of info about his program uh, before the season starts. So here's the uh, interview with Max, and I'll see you on the other, other side. Enjoy. All right, joining me tonight as my guest on the Squad Pod is the owner of Dirt Bike Depot. And the race team, everything, the company... He's he's the guy for it. So it's Max Schwartz. What's up, Max? Hey, dude. How's it going? Thanks for thanks for having me. Thanks for joining me. Actually, um, we've been trying to make this happen, and we finally made it. So yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a busy busy time for both of us. But I uh, I appreciate you having me on. And I always love to to kind of tell my story. So I'm excited. Yeah, it's awesome. I I, I did some research on you. Um, Dirt Bike Depot, of course, started in 2018. Um, but other than that. I don't know your story and, and where you've come from. So um, if you want to give a quick overview of, you know, your life up until 2018 and why you wanted to start Dirt Bike Depot, that'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in North Miami, Florida, um, pretty much as south of Florida as you can get. 
Um, I've been kind of in and around dirt bikes since I was, I don't know, probably riding since I was four or five years old. Grew up going to Daytona, and if there are any other Supercross races in Florida, we'd go there and, and just kind of have, have been surrounded by dirt bikes my entire life. Um, I've made some of my you know, my closest friends from dirt bikes. I, I grew up born and raised, so I, I went to middle school, elementary school, high school, everything down here. Um, and then, you know, kind of a contest to stop at, at when I started, but I did, I, you know, like you said, I started when I was, I started the company when I was 18. I was a senior, pretty much a senior in high school, about to graduate and go, whether it was going to be to college or try to, you know, pursue the pro levels or whatever it was. Um, that's kind of when the the dream, the idea kind of came about. Oh, wow. So you're, you're, you're fairly young still. Just Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm 23. No kidding. Yeah. You've, you've created uh, quite an awesome following for, for Dirt Bike Depot and uh, just kind of an empire so far. Yeah, I mean, I, I to say, like, everything's been you know, a blessing and, and very fortunate would be an, under, an understatement for sure. It's it's given me, like I said, it's given me a lot of my best friends. It's given me a lot of cool opportunities. Um, I get to pretty much do what I love every single day. Um, and it's allowed me to bring on other people and join the company and join the team. And I mean, now for half of the year, we're traveling the country and we're, we're working on being able to make it a full-time thing. So we're not just doing, you know, super cross and whatnot. But yeah, it's, it's definitely it's definitely tough. And in the four years that I really was putting towards the company was you know, while I was in college, I graduated about a year ago. Um, and it's kind of been nonstop since then. Obviously, obviously had its ups and downs in college and, you know, COVID coming through helped me with online classes. So I was able to, you know, move back down south and, and kind of work from home. And then I was able to move back up to Central Florida, which was like the hub and still is kind of like the hub of, you know, everything dirt bikes, at least on the East Coast. So, it's uh, it's definitely been an interesting journey to say the least. Um, but you know, it's I, in my head, it's just getting started. You know, it definitely is. Uh, what was your degree in? I got a degree in marketing from the University of Central Florida in Orlando. That's awesome. I always love hearing the the college story because I, I did that as well. And um, man, it's it's for no one who for people who have done it, they understand. But those who haven't and had to work through it, uh, it's not easy. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I've never been a school person, even in high school. I, I think I probably opened a book one time in high school. I tried doing <laughs> that in college. It didn't really work. Um, kind of got a joke about it, but it's not really a joke, but kind of got bailed out with COVID during, during college. I was able to move a lot of my stuff online and that created a lot more free time for me. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's been, it's been a grind to say the least, but I definitely would not change, you know, any of it. I, I had a great time in college. I met you know, more of my best friends who aren't in dirt bikes. And it's, it's funny. I have a completely separate, I've, I pretty much live two lives. I have my college friends and my college experiences. And then I also have, you know, my dirt bike friends and the people who, who ride for us and work for the team and, you know, work for the company and, and that I've also grown up riding with in South Florida and Central Florida for, you know, 23 years. So it's, it's been, it's been definitely an interesting dynamic and i don't think most people have kind of the best of both worlds so i'm, I'm definitely blessed in that aspect that is that is really awesome um so how did when you start before you start the company um you have the idea uh when does the idea start so i've always kind of been like a 
like a selling person like me and a buddy of mine used to sell mangoes on the side of my street and you know we would make 600 bucks a weekend granted you know we were kind of two cute little young kids so you know people wanted to stop and buy mangoes from us but i mean it's been everything from stuff like that to little facebook marketplace things and craigslist things and shoes and and all that and and obviously with with racing dirt bikes and riding dirt bikes i kind of transitioned into spending all my money that i would ever get from anything on you know shoes or whatever it was to dirt bike gear so i was spending so much money on dirt bike gear and i was always huge on you know if i whether i was the slowest guy at the track or the fastest guy i always wanted to like look cool and my gear to match and my you know my goggles to have gold lenses and my helmets to be clean and my gear to match and, and all that you know that stuff that goes along with actually riding and not just riding um so it kind of started i would say just the the entrepreneur i don't like to say like entrepreneurial side but the the sales side has was was something that i was big into when i was little and then it helped me uh and obviously i never did any kind of business before that so i had i mean to to say i've had failures and i've had things that didn't work and things that do work and things that you know keep me up at night because oh i made this mistake or i handled this customer wrong or you know we didn't post this in time or we didn't post this first whatever it is i mean there's there's been so many ups and downs um but to you know still be able to pursue a team and now have a team and and kind of have like you know yeah we're not the biggest team but we're established and we have uh, a lot of support and it's uh it's been very cool and and like i said i i don't take any of it for granted for sure yeah i'm still early in this man i have so many questions for especially for how young you yeah, are no, and just... i i listen i this is probably my i don't know my third or fourth podcast and i i love talking to people about stuff like this like when yeah. i go when we're at races and stuff it's it's literally if i'm not you know down at the line or you know talking to some sponsor stuff whatever like i'm i'm trying to talk to daniel blair dan hubbard or Weege or anybody that you know would give us the time of day just because it's it's when you're and i'm sure you can agree when you're in the industry it feels huge but when you're not in the industry it's this tiny little you know you say oh i race dirt bikes and someone looks at you and like you're in a you know racing horse barrels or whatever it is so it's it's mm-hmm. i i love talking to anybody so yeah any, any questions you have let's do it yes yeah so okay you get you jump in you create the company um you have a vision um are you doing this alone or do you have a partner um how do you jump into as a motocross company yeah so it's, it's actually a funny story how it started um i'm not going to name any names just out of respect to you know other people involved but i i was actually I started a different company with somebody else um when i was about 15 very similar company to dirt bike depot we started that company um flash forward about two and a half three years um him and i had the falling out whatever went our separate ways um, and I was left with a bunch of, you know, random gear sets and goggles and all this random stuff that I was like, you know what, I'm going to sell it on eBay and I'm just going to, you know, get rid of it. And that'll be that. Um, and so that's pretty much kind of what I did. I, we started on eBay um, and I was getting, I mean, like just demolished with eBay fees and people, you know, ordering things and then canceling their cards and then losing the product and the money. And I was like, all right, we can't do this anymore. So I remember I spent about, I don't know, about a month and a half, my girlfriend just kind of coming up with a name, um, some colors that could go with the company. And this was when like, 
Instagram was really popping off. So you could really kind of grow on, on Instagram pretty quickly. So uh, my girl, it was funny. My, my girlfriend was actually the one who made the Instagram account on her phone because I was having issues with my Instagram. So I wasn't able to make it. She made it. Um, and it kind of started from there. We, we made a little Instagram page. Um, I started posting some gear and, and as the days kind of started going, I mean, we were gaining like, I don't know, a hundred followers a day. And, and back then for, you know, Instagram and, and for me being 18 years old, about to go to college, I was pumped with that. I was like, let's, let's go. Like I have 700 followers and I started selling stuff. Um, and I really didn't slow down with the buying. I, in my head, I was like, all right, you know, I just had this falling out you know, we're going to be competitors for a couple of years. Like I'm going all in and, and I like to, if I'm going to do stuff, I like to kind of go all in with it. Um, and that's, you know, kind of what happened. We, we went all in and we started buying, you know, a ton of inventory, anything I could get my hands on, whether it was from, you know, local dealers to local people at the track to eBay to Facebook marketplace, like was just buying and buying. And it turned into, you know, just through Instagram and then PayPal invoices and then eBay. And then it, I, I sat down for about six months every day after, um, after I graduated up until kind of my first real semester of college, kind of building this website and I've never built a website before. So I was sitting there, you know, crying and screaming four days a week because I had no idea how to add this or do that. And, and it was, it was a, a very frustrating time, but I, like I said, I, it's, it taught me a lot and I, from somebody who, you know, could barely download an app on their phone or, or whatever it was. So, you know, I built my own website and I saw sales start to come through and I was like, wow, this is, you know, this is cool. Um, and yeah, so to, to kind of go back and answer your question, it's majority, majority of everything with the company um, has been me. Obviously, my girlfriend has helped. My brother has helped. During college, I'd, you know, pay my, my fraternity brothers to come and help me and uh, you know, other kids from, from other tracks and just who like really liked the brand and wanted to see it grow. Like a lot of it was, you know, pro bono work. We, we've never really paid an employee, at least not an employee for the company uh, because we're, you know, we're, we're still, or at this point, we're still trying to grow and still trying to make whatever money we could and, and bring whatever we could. So it's for the last about four years or the first four years, it was really um, kind of me on my own doing whatever I could. And now with the team, we, we have a lot of help behind the behind the scenes, which makes my job a lot easier. And I'm able to kind of pass off the, the stressful work and, and the, the time-consuming work off to, to other people. And and it just uh, it makes everything a lot easier for sure. So now with, with, I guess, team personnel and everybody involved, how many employees do you have on board? So it's actually kind of crazy with, with the amount of guys who help the company slash help the team. Uh, we have about myself included about five or six um, and both both sides help the team stuff too so it's not like we have you know two employees that help the company and then two that help the team it's everybody's kind of full hands on deck and you know we're we're growing and, and obviously this time of year is a very busy time of year for us and and now with trying to operate a supercross team it's times 40 um, so it's been, it's been a lot of a lot of hands on deck, but we have about five, um, m- myself included. Right. Yeah. Sorry, so, six. Six. Okay. Well, like yep. that's the thing. Like, you know, um, just looking back at your Instagram and, and stuff like that. Like, this isn't the first year for your team, but you've expanded for twenty twenty four. 
what what made you want to jump in on the team aspect and was it was last year the first year for it yeah so if you go back to short dirt bike depot instagram it's it's so confusing like i have people still to this day who you know have known me personally for a while they're like dude what's the deal like are did you have a team three years ago or what so it's it's definitely confusing so to break it down as simply as i can um since 2018 we've sponsored probably 40 to 45 different supercross guys so guys from Brandon Hartraff to Chiz to Kevin Morans to Jack Chambers. Like we've, we've sponsored a lot of guys and that mm-hmm. included, you know, custom painted helmets or, uh, helmet stickers or, you know, weekend title spots or big title or, or, or big spots for the whole season, whatever it was. We've done so much different stuff with Dirt Bike Depot. Um, but the real team, so the, the DVD racing, which is kind of our, I mean, not kind of, it's, it's our team Instagram, team social media. Um, if you scrolled all the way back, you wouldn't get very far. It goes till about January, um, maybe December. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, so we, I guess we, we had a team last year, um, but with me still being in school, um, I didn't graduate till May of last year. So with me being, still being in school, I wasn't able to drive to all these rounds. So we pretty much had a two rider team, um, two slash three rider team. The plan was to go to all nine East coast rounds, but I wasn't able to drive, you know, to all of them. So we had, uh, we were able to drive to obviously, you know, Daytona and Tampa and whatnot. Um, but we had a, a rider who's actually one of our team guys who's supposed to be taking all of our tents and all of our, this, and just all, all the, all the normal stuff that we would set up, um, call the races. That rider ended up getting hurt, uh, about a round and a half in. So finished the first round, during that week of practice, broke his wrist. So that guy was out. So we were pretty much left at, all right, you know, we're going to have to kind of skip these far races. We'll do Daytona. We'll do Tampa or whatever it was. And, and we kind of just like went about it. And that was so, so that was 2022. Um, so during 2020 and 2021, um, same thing, same kind of deal. We had, you know, a couple team riders and go to the local races. Like I think during, I think it was 2021, there was the Orlando round, so that was 15 minutes to my house, and there were Daytona and Atlanta. So it it's always really been a local, you know, I, I've always tried to do the full season. Something came up, um, and then this, I, I guess, last year or whatever, December of this year of 2022, was when we really decided, all right, you know, let's let's try to get as much sponsorship funding together you know, I'll, I'll make some phone calls. I'll call some sponsors that we've been working with from other things from our ride days or, or whatever it was. Um, and I was like, let's do this. Let's see if we can have a successful, you know, first year, if it goes great, you know, maybe there's room for expansion. And if it doesn't, you know, at least I, I didn't have that. What if in my head? Um, so that's kind of what led to DVD racing being created because 30,000 people who follow dirt bike depot, didn't care about you know what we were doing on the on the on the supergrass side. They just wanted the cool gear and the good deals and, and whatnot, which was I totally understood. Um, so instead of flooding our you know our business page with team stuff and riders and getting confused whether Kyle Chisholm, who's a Twisted T rider, was you know a rider for us, even though we just did a personal sponsorship with him. So that's that's what started DVD um, racing. That was you know my my attempt to bring people who wanted to know about the race team 
over to that side of it. And the people who didn't want to know about the race team, they could stay at Dirt Bike Depot and just, you know, buy the gear when we do our jobs. I know I just talked a lot, but that hopefully that kind of break broke it down a little bit. No, it definitely makes sense. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've seen you do some some personal stuff like Chiz and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, that that awareness has worked, and I've always wondered, like, you know, who are these guys? And, and it's, like, it's pretty cool, man. Like, just the fact that you're so young and, you know, you've created such a following, and, and it seems like you guys are really crushing it with um, the business plan. So, um, it's I mean, and now you're jumping into, it was a five-rider team, but a four-rider team for next year. Um, you have a, a kind of a... A rig set up. Um, you haven't put the full. Everyone's complaining that you haven't put the full rig tour up yet. So, <laughs> but yeah, no. So it's uh the rig tour will be will be shot this weekend. Wanted to do the rig tour, um, you know, last week, but we were like, all right, let's get the wrap done first. Yeah. So we brought it up out to Tampa for the wrap, and then we'll take it from Tampa to Claremont, where our hub will be, um, and then we'll do the full. Because I didn't want to do like the full rig tour and then have to show everybody. You know, two weeks later, hey, here's the wrap now. You know, I wanted to, um, and everybody else kind of agreed and, and was on that side too, to, you know, wait till it's 100% ready to go. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it's December. It's not even December yet. You know, like, hold on, people. We're, he's trying his best, you know? Yeah, no, this this time is so so really to kind of touch on what you're saying. Like, like we've, we've taken such a massive jump from where we were at in 2023 you know earlier this year from the team um to where our off season started as soon as national supercross was over you know we didn't do salt lake but two weeks after that you know national round i started making phone calls our other guys started making phone calls like we've really put a, a solid six months of off season work to kind of get to this point where we're at now and now it's like all right, we have four badass dudes. We have, you know, a solid program. We we have a, a, a cool rig and an insane pit setup. And, you know, now it's like, all right, 95% of the work is done. Like, let's get to, to Detroit. Let's get to the season. Let's, you know, I, we just want to get to kind of the races and, and show everybody what we've been working so hard on because it's, it's something that I genuinely think is going to blow people away. You know, our, our crew thinks it's, it's, insane and, and the program's really just i mean it's it's grown into something where like we have a five-year plan with this team already you know and i have a ton of respect for anybody who who even tries to do some kind of supercross team or motocross team um but there's ways that we could have done it and there's ways that we did it and there's ways that you know we see people do it and I mean, I've been running around the pits of Daytona and Atlanta and all these different races since I was, I don't know, 12 years old. So I've seen teams come and go. I've seen teams, you know, come in super hot one year and they've got a million dollar budget and they've got the semi and then boom, they're gone. And, and you know, that's not me talking bad on any teams or, or whatever, but it's, you know, it's, it's not easy. And the way we wanted to do it was make it sustainable we don't charge riders transport fee. We don't charge riders a dime for anything. Um, and the way we were able to do that was was having this team be something sustainable that we can go and, you know, all right, let's do, let's get the 2024 season done. And then 2025, we're doing both coasts, you know, whether it's a 450 team or, you know, an East-West team to where, you know, we, we already know that it's going to make sense for us next year because we've, we've budgeted this year. We've got a lot of support this year. We know 
you know, kind of where we're at going 2024 to where it's not possible for us to, you know, go in with a $500,000 budget and buy, you know, a big semi and have, you know, factory equipment and, and amazing race bikes. But we're at the point where that's our goal in, you know, two or three years. And there's nothing that's not going to allow that to happen. You know, it's not a budget thing or it's not our crew isn't happy or our riders aren't getting paid. You know, it's, it's, it's we're big on, you know, what we say we're going to do and our guys who raced for us last year, our guys who raced for us or who are going to race for us in 2024 are, you know, to us, as long as they're riding with us, you know, their family to us. And, and obviously we want them to get to the next level, but we also want them to get to the next level with us. You know, the, the, the sky is the limit and we're just, you know, I, I say it all the time and, and all of our guys say it all the time, but like, we're, we're, we're here to stay, you know, we're not going to be one of those teams that are kind of in the pits for, a year or two years and they show up to half the races or if they don't show up or you see on social media that riders aren't getting paid or sponsors aren't happy or whatever. Like we've, we've really sat down from the drawing board, um, have tested what works, have tested what doesn't work. You know, we, we've spoke to the riders about what the riders expect and what they want and what they don't want. And I mean, I like one of the guys who I don't think I've ever had a conversation with him, um, but one of the guys that I just look up to so much is, is Dustin Pipes, the HTP Suzuki, you know, owner. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I've, I, I think might've maybe waved him or said hi to him a couple races, but it's, you know, we've never had a conversation, but that's somebody who I, you know, look up to and, and look at him as, all right, that's, you know, that's how you do it. You never see stories about the Twisted T guys getting screwed over or, you know, the driver not getting paid or just some of these, these horror stories that you hear in our industry so often. Um, and I mean, the guys, the guys, a, a top notch dude. So that's, that's kind of the, the format that I've been pushing for and want. And, you know, we might not have a semi now, but it's, it, it'll be here soon. And, and our, our setup will not be lacking. And I'm, you know, to, to kind of touch on what you're saying, like, I'm, I'm so excited for, Maybe not Detroit because we can't really set stuff up in Detroit, but you know, whatever the round is after that, um, I'm just, I'm so pumped to get there and let everybody see what we've been working on and let the riders see what we've been working on. And it's, it's going to blow some people away for sure. Yeah. So if you're at the race, you definitely need to stop by and see the Dirt Bike Depot team and just see, just stop by, see the riders. Let's see. You got, so you got four guys. Um, you got Gage Linville, Marcus Phelps, Bryce Shelley, and Logan Leitzel. I know Leitzel's been around a little bit with you guys, but um, uh, how do you pick your team and, and um, just, and yeah, like there's so many riders out there. Like, how do you pick these, how do you land on these four? Yeah, so it's actually kind of a funny story on how most of them came about. Um, but it's it's a, it's a kind of a thorough process and it started really um, right after Nashville. At least with Logan, we, we worked with Logan for the 2023 season. Um, it's funny. I, we went into the 2023 season with three riders. So that was Lane Shaw, Blaze Kamaldi and Jack Rogers. I always go to a one because I, you know, we have some meetings in California around that time. Um, and then we'll also go and make sure you know, all the credentialing is right. And just kind of, you know, we work with a lot of West coast guys too. So we'll fly helmets out and, and whatnot. So I, the Logan came about in a in kind of a funny way. So I, like I said, I was at a one, um, Logan was a, was in the 450 class and I've, you know, we've worked with Logan a little bit in the past just on, you know, some dirt bike depot stuff. So the, 
the the relationship was kind of there, but like I I wouldn't say we were, you know, on a on a weekly talking basis. Um, and Logan uh, qualified forty first on his four fifty at a one, and I remember seeing him all throughout the day. You know, he he didn't have a chair to sit on. He had his van and his bike in a tent, but he would sit on a fuel jogger. He would sit on the toolbox and. He had some people come over and say hi. I mean, the kid had a smile on his face the entire day. And I I was like, this is somebody who, you know, whether he's first or last, I want to, you know, talk to this kid and, and, you know, make a relationship with this this dude. So I saw him qualify 41st, um, and I was back at Lane Shaw's pit when this happened because that's who we were with um, at, at A1. And I went up to Logan, and I said, hey, dude. Um, I was like, keep your head up. You know, it's, I was like, you should still dress. I'm sure somebody will, will not, you know, go up to the line, whatever it was. Um, and he was never like, dude, this, this effing sucks or, you know, oh, I'm so mad. He was just like, yeah, no, I got to work harder. This is motivation for me. And I don't know, that really stuck with me. So when I saw him go dress and go to the line for, for his first heat and he didn't get picked, you know, in that top, that top 20 for the heat. Um, I was, like I said, I was still right back at the pit. I saw him pull up and I saw that the kid was kind of down. So I went back up to him. I said, Hey, I want to talk to you. Let's set up a, a call this week when I get back to Florida. Um, we have an East coast program. We're not really, you know, take, we don't really have the spot for a fourth guy, but I was like, I want to make it work. And I want you to, to ride with us. And that's what we did. We, we jumped on a, on a phone call. I think it was a, the Tuesday or Wednesday after a one. And, Got a contract signed, and he pretty much rode with us for for the rest of the year, at least on the East Coast rounds. Um, so that's kind of how Logan came about with the team, and I, and I I loved working with Logan um, earlier this year and, and having him around. He's, he's such a positive dude, so it was kind of a no brainer for me to to bring him back, um, and he was pumped to to come back. The other three guys are kind of all different crazy stories. So Bryce Shelley was. I've known about Bryce for quite some time now. I've always known he was an absolute ripper, um, but I didn't know exactly how fast he was. Um, every year we try to at least pick up one top kid in the A or B class. Um, we usually always have one, um, but this year we didn't have anybody going into Loretta's. And so I started making some phone calls, talking to some kids. And the one that really stuck with me was the conversation I had with Bryce. Uh, the kid was super, you know, grateful that we even called him. He kind of gave me his rundown on on his program and his plan after Loretta's. And come Loretta's time, we were already looking for, you know, guys to ride for us. So or, or for Supercross. So I told Bryce, I was like, all right, let's do, you know, let's do Loretta's contract and the the last three or four outdoors that you were going to race. Um, and he pretty much, I, I mean, he crushed it at Loretta's. He and after I saw his, his Loretta's riding and just how fast the kid was and just if he had kind of like, not like a team behind him. I, I just, the way I looked at it, I was like, all right, if he has something kind of how we gave Logan, like a, a platform to showcase more, um, I mean, there's no reason that kid shouldn't be on like a Club MX team or something. So we signed that kid for Loretta's and then the rest of the Outdoor Nationals. And I kept telling him, I was like, hey, let's talk Supercross. We have a Supercross contract for you because um, also he crushed it at Futures this year. Um, and we were just like, let's, like, I, I want this kid. I was like, I want 
you know, we don't want to take all rookies, but I'll take a, rook, a risk on, on Bryce. I, we want him. Um, I told him I would do kind of whatever it took to get him. And then when I saw him crush it at, I forgot exactly what outdoor national it was. One of one of the ones where he got like a top ten. I was like, all right, red this bug. kid, definitely. Red yeah, bug. I was like, yeah. I think this kid needs to ride for us. He's got everything you know that we're looking for. He's a nice kid. He's good to his sponsors. He's you know respectable. He obviously he rips, and it was kind of a no brainer for us. We luckily we were able to kind of talk him out of his his other pre existing contracts. We we got him to kind of put some some trust in us and. We got him to sign sign our Supercross contract, which we were pumped for. Um, and then Gage Linville was somebody that I had on my radar since last year of Supercross 2. I kind of knew a situation with the um, Firepower Honda guys, and I, I didn't know if that was going to be you know 2024 thing or whatnot. So I kind of pretty much waited until I saw he was off that team, made some phone calls to some surrounding people, um, had some other people make phone calls. We jumped on a call with him and his dad. Um, and the rest was history with Gage. I mean, he's one of the nicest kids that I've worked with. Um, again, respectable kid. Absolutely rips on a dirt bike. The results are there. He's a main event kid. Um, and then last but not least, Marcus Phelps was... Uh, so we also we brought on Jordan Bailey to kind of be uh, an advisor for the team. I've had a long relationship with Jordan. He's one of my best friends. Um, I grew up kind of riding, wishing I could kind of ride like he did, but always at the same tracks that he did in Florida, Orlando, whatnot. Um, so I've always known about him, and then I met him uh, when he moved back down to Orlando right after his Rockstar Husky stuff. Um, so him and I have been very close ever since. And he kind of put Marcus's name in my head and, and some of our other guys' heads as, hey, you know, this is a kid who would love the opportunity. He would make the most of it. And he's fast. Um, and obviously, we care about you know results, and we want these guys to be main event guys. Uh, but we also want guys who are going to fit the team and our vision and our goals, and represent the sponsors, and obviously represent the company, and you know show up to all the races and have a, a, a smile on their face and put in all, all 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 maximum effort things that that these guys should be doing. So. That's kind of how Marcus came about. We called, uh, I think we had three or four conversations with Marcus. And, you know, he was super, super grateful, super excited. And then we kind of put all four of these guys together. And it turned into, you know, not that I was worried that it was going to be, you know, a bit of a transition because you have so many of a South of the Border kid. You have a Club of Mexico kid. You have an MTF kid. You have, you know, a Dog Pound kid. I was, I was kind of worried that all these dudes would be in such a different stage of, where they're at and where they're riding and their friends and who they like and who they don't like. But I mean, everybody came together and you know, we're, we have team meetings on zoom every, every couple of weeks. And it's such a, such an enjoyable environment for the riders, for myself, for all the people working with the team and, and all the crew and our media guys. And it's just like, it's what we were looking for in a group of guys um, rather than just going and, you know, snagging whatever guys would pay us the transport fee or whatever guys hit us up or, you know, not going after certain guys because, oh, we thought they were, you know, going to be with another team or whatever it was. We really, really put a lot of, I mean, a lot of these last, besides these last two months, because we've had guys signed for the last two months, the three to four months before that was, I mean, hours and hours of phone calls and 
Zoom meetings and text messages and contract negotiations. And I mean, it, it, the list goes on and on, but we were able to, in my head, piece together a perfect roster for guys who are all going to show up every single weekend, shock a lot of people in the pits and also represent, you know, the team and, and the sponsors really well. Yeah. I had, I had a, you know, Jordan Bailey down here. Um, that's cool. He's one of your best friends. And, um, I think it's awesome that he's involved with the team. Um, what is he, his role going to be? Is he going to be just giving advice where needed or what, what's your plans for him? Yeah. So we've really taken on a, like kind of a, not like a spot for everything, but we, we want these guys to like really show up on, on a Thursday afternoon or Friday morning. And I mean, there's so many different people for these dudes to, ask advice for or talk to whether it's a life issue or a riding issue, whatever it is. So Jordan's Jordan's in the, his official role is head, head team advisor. So he's helped me with a lot of, you know, contract things. I mean, he's been at every single level of a rider from a factory rider to ball in on out of a pickup truck, you know, on your own budget. He's, he's been at every single level. So for me, it was a no brainer. Um, and I've been begging Jordan to work with, the team or the company for the last three years since I've known him. And he never really, you know, wanted to get back into the dirt bike stuff and didn't want to mix, you know, business with pleasure and, and our friendship and whatnot. Um, and I've always respected him for that. But this year he really saw, you know, how much effort we we're putting in and how much effort we put in for, for the 23 season and some of the riders we were talking to. And, and I would literally, I would just call him on like a Sunday night and I'd be like, yo, so what do you think about, you know, X, Y, and Z? Or, hey, what do you think about, trying to pursue these sponsors and he'd be like no don't do that that's stupid or yes do it whatever it was so he's he's such a a big he's like my right hand man when it comes to keeping me sane and not going crazy and you know making sure these riders are good and he's he's kind of just one of these guys that you know if, if Bryce or Gage has you know some frustrations about one of the rounds or is kind of in their head about something like Jordan is the perfect dude to whip them in shape and, and kind of give them the rundown on, and, you know, I never raced at a pro level. I've, I've gone to pretty much the B class. So I, I can't tell these guys, Hey, you know, you need to go out second lap and hit all these rhythms. But Jordan has been there, done that. He's, you know, been a podium supercross guy. He's won LCQs and heats and, and whatnot. So he's, he's been in these positions that these kids are wanting to be in. And he's the, there's nobody else that could have, thought for a better spot to kind of be this light for the team to if you have a question and it's not about you know direct team issues slash questions or whatever and you just need somebody to kind of whip you in shape jordan jordan's that guy for sure okay yeah that makes sense makes perfect sense and that's cool that he's not not bitter about how his career went and he wants to be there and give advice when he you know, to these young guys who need it. And, um, yeah, it only took him three years, but we got, we got, <laughs> he got, he got over it. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's cool deal. Um, I've also noticed on Instagram, you've got some, uh, social media influencers. Um, Hunter Cordell is one of them. How did that come about? So I met Hunter and his wife, Devin through, Corey Barbie. So Corey Barbie's the owner of Anchor Grip Tape. And we were at, I think it was Atlanta this year. Um, and one of our, our head of PR and our, our camera guy were 
out in the pits kind of doing some some content with some stuff we were giving away to fans in the pits. And one of the guys that they talked to was uh, Hunter and Devin. And they're like, oh, if you're following Dirt Bike Depot, you know, we'll give you this water bottle. It's in one of our YouTube videos. Um, and he goes in his, in his southern accent, goes, oh, I'm, I'm following Dirt Bike Depot. And so Jack, who, who our head of P, who, that's our, our head of PR, is like, oh, no way, show us and, you know, we'll give you this water bottle. So that's kind of how I was like, oh, you know, that's that's Hunter and Devin, whatever. And then I saw that he was following us on Instagram. We followed him back. I think we exchanged a couple couple DMs and, and whatnot, just kind of saying, hey, what's up? And we, we tried to invite him out to a, a race after that uh, to kind of hang with the team. And, and obviously we'd get him passes and he can kind of be a part of the team for, for a weekend. I don't think they were ever ever able to make it that or, or after Atlanta. Uh, but we have some plans with them to, to get them to some of the races next year. Uh, but just cool people. And obviously we, as much as it, you know, it might not sound great, but, you know, we're, we're still a small business and we still need to pair up with these influencers and, and get our brand out there. So it's it's a no-brainer for us when we see guys with big followings who ride dirt bikes, but also support us. Like before I even met the dude, he bought a pair of goggles off our website. Um, and... I mean, that really, that kind of touched with me because I was like, all right, this dude's going to support, you know, our brand and our company. Let me, you know, kind of do something for them. So then we, I, I, I think we sent him out a box of some hats and apparel and whatnot. And then, uh, yeah, we've just, we've just done some cool other videos with him and, and he's a big, big Dirt Bike Depot guy and supports the team and the brand and, and just, just nice people, just, just very nice people. Yeah. It seems like it, um, you know, talked to him here and there on DM, but, um, yeah, very cool. Very cool. Um, you're involved with that. I actually have 1,100 Instagram followers. So if you're looking for a new guy, I think I want to put my resume in for that. I think I'm ready to be a social media influencer. Dude, it's funny. So we, I mean, whether, I mean, we've worked, we've done stuff with people from, you know, all the way up to, to Hunter and Devin, Devin's following, all the way to, you know, YouTube people who don't have a ton of followers. But they have like diehard followers, and and we have one of the one of the guys who we work with is a big, um, or used to be a big reflex guy on YouTube. Um, he's actually a good buddy of mine now too. We've gotten really close, and he flies out to our ridings every year. Um, but I don't know, I don't know if you, maybe you do, maybe you don't. But uh, Dio, return of Dio, Daniel Oshlevsky. Yeah, um, I didn't. I didn't want to try to say his last name, but I, I know him as Dio. <laughs> so yeah, yeah I <laughs> I'm familiar. Yeah. yeah he's been a he's been a uh a long time supporter and, and we help him out with some stuff and he's got his own ambassador code and i mean he's had so many people use his little 15 percent off code that it's like it's like a no-brainer for us whether you have a million followers or you don't like we we're kind of just as long as there's people who support you and they support brands that you support and stuff yeah we, we kind of do stuff with with everybody okay guys so he didn't say no, so at <laughs> Troy Dog Verb no, we'll, at checkout, we'll save you fifteen percent, maybe. <laughs> we'll we'll, uh, we'll send you out a box with some goodies, and we'll uh, <laughs> give you a code, and we'll, we'll dial you in for sure. Dude, I'll be a social media influencer. Like that's a dream come true. Like some people quit their jobs to do that. Listen, I I wish I could quit my job to be a social <laughs> media influencer. It would uh it would be nice for sure. Yeah, it would be. Are yeah. you are you planning on being at any any races this year? I am planning on, I'm trying to figure out my calendar. I can't get to many. I have a three and five year old at home. So it's like, uh, and plus with verb, we, we, uh, 
just coming back and stuff. We can't be at all the races. So I do them like I'll be at Nashville or Indy. I try to make at least three or four every year. Very so. cool. Yeah. Nashville was, uh, Nashville was a cool round for sure. It, yeah. Yeah, it was. We, yeah. I've <laughs> never been to Nashville before and that was, uh, that was an experience. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big Nashville guy. I, I wish it wasn't a, a day race, but it's, it's still cool. I, I appreciate it. It worked out. Cause once you got back, you know, got done, I got done with my interviews and by the time it was it was seven o'clock, I'm like, okay, it's time to go check out the Broadway, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a good point too. Yeah, we we got out of there pretty quickly, and and uh, we hit the town. <laughs> it was a good time. So yeah, I, I mean, I'm definitely gonna stop by and see you guys this year. I, I will definitely make sure that I get over there and get you guys some interviews and press. So yeah, absolutely. We uh we'll have a a pretty big setup to say the least. We're uh, we're upgrading pretty big time. I'm excited to see it. This is going to be cool. Just a cool experience for fans. And um, yeah, it'll be good. Yeah. I, I wish our first round wasn't, wasn't uh, Detroit. We can't really set stuff up at Detroit, but uh, we'll, we'll save it for the next round. Yeah. In, in the meantime, Troy dog verb at checkout, we'll say 15%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, exactly, exactly. I'm just practicing, dude. That's it. I'm just practicing. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll dial you in for sure. I'm sure you got some diehard verb, verb guys that follow you. Dude, they're the best ever. My <laughs> my people are the best. They're diehard. They they like to have fun. They're good vibes. I have six riders on my own team, you know? So I'm like, yeah. like we're like the same guy. We went to college. You got you to gotta, you gotta convert it to, to going all the races so you can, can, so can get these guys, you know, running – running the verb helmets and the verb jerseys and all that. That would be, that would be pretty sick. Yeah. That's, that's out of my league, bro. I can't afford all that. Like, like you and sitting on your, you know, your empire over there. I'm just, uh, yeah, no, we, uh, we definitely, I mean, the, the team stuff is so, it's so complicated because we, we worked off of, I mean, I'm, I'm very transparent when it comes to like numbers and whatnot. We pretty much worked off of $5,000 in sponsorship last year. Um, and that went pretty much before the season even started, um, between apparel and hotels and tents and whatever, all that stuff. So we've, we've, uh, we've definitely kind of upgraded that side of it. Um, kind of got our own budget together. And I mean, we've been working on sponsorship stuff for almost six months now, and it's still to the point where, you know, we still need some support to, to kind of smoothly run the rest of the season or smoothly go into the season. Uh, but we also do, like, weekend title sponsorships and weekend VIP experiences and just, like, different little cool stuff like that to where we can get the fans involved. And, and obviously being on podcasts like this and, and just talking to other people, it definitely helps the, the brand get out there. And there's not uh, – Definitely not a ton of 22 slash 23-year-old guys and crews and riders who are, you know, running a team. And, and it's definitely it's definitely a, an interesting opportunity. But if there are people out there listening, you know, they, they want to support, we uh, definitely could use all the help possible for sure. Yeah, like you said, uh, before we even talked, you're like, man, I have a really cool, unique story. And, and you definitely do. Like, I'm a fan. That's to, – to go through college and build this and, and then – you know, be so young and, and, and doing so well and have a super cross team, like you're doing stuff. So, uh, congrats on all the success so far. And I look forward to meeting you up, meeting all you guys at the races this year. 
Yeah, no, th- thank you for, you know, talking. And, and I know we, uh, I know you probably, probably listen to me ramble on for, for a while, but no, it's, it's definitely cool. And I, uh, I'm very, very appreciative of everybody who's been supporting since 2018 or since yesterday or whatever it is. And, you know, everybody along for the ride with the team, you know, we're, we're just, we were new, obviously, and we're, we're trying to make a big impact, but we're, you know, we're here to stay and, and we're not going to be one of those teams that kind of folds after a year or two. And it's just, uh, no, it's, it's cool. I'm excited for the year for sure. I'm excited for everybody to see what we've been working on. I'm excited for these dudes, you know, our riders to turn some heads and, and shock a lot of people. And, you know, we're, uh, we're excited for sure. <laughs> definitely, yeah. definitely yeah. looking forward to it. Absolutely, man. Well, I wish you guys best of luck. Um, I will stop by and see you and uh probably at indy but um yeah until then we'll, we'll be in touch and uh thanks for coming on the show of course man thank you for having me all right man i'll talk to you soon sounds good all Bye. right see ya all right people that'll do it for another episode of the pod i really appreciate you guys listening spreading the word i'm really having a lot of fun doing these um if you have a guest that you want me to to get to email me troy at vermoto.com or just DM me on uh, Instagram or Twitter, uh, at Troy Dog Verb. And uh, hit the follow button. Give me some follows, guys. My Instagram account, it, it needs some love. As I'll, I mean, my Twitter account's okay, but like I could use some more follows there too. So just hit the follow button if you're not. Um, I want to thank Derek Kelly for coming on and being a co-host. Yeah, DK's out of his shell now. We, we've, we've finally got him out of his shell. He can be himself on the squad pod. We appreciate DK. It's always fun to talk to him. Uh, special thanks to Max Schwartz, Dirt Bike Depot guys. I think I'm going to be a social media influencer here very shortly. So I'm looking forward to that. I mean, why not, right? It's my time. All right. Thanks to Bub Dog. Thanks to Duke Dog, Ginger Dog, Slaw Dog, Bird Dog, Chili Dog Wes. Shout out to Boots Dog. CMXR dog. Shout out to the squad. Special thanks to the Bomb Designs this week. You're awesome, bro. Um, I have a really cool guest next week. You guys are going to love, and you're not going to want to miss this episode. I'm just sure he's looking forward to talking to me. Like, he's just always in a good mood at the races, and I just can't wait to pick his brain about amateur racing. His amateur career, actually. So, we'll get to that next week. Very excited for that. But uh, that's it for me. I'll see you guys next week. See ya.